Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and sign up for their mailing list for special offers at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hey, this is Noah Averback-Katz. That's Rin from Star Trek Discovery. And you are listening to the Emerald Chain's favorite show. That's right. Osira tunes in. Aurelio tunes in. Even Zareth wants to listen. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. the Department of Outlandish Wishes and Dreams at Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you, one and all, listeners aplenty, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast in episode number 259. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. So great to have you aboard today for a topic we're pretty excited about. It's one of those things that we don't do very often, but sometimes it's nice to just sit back and and wish and dream, and we're going to do a little bit of that today. And of course, by we, I do mean my illustrious co-host and I. You know, if I had a dream for him, it would be to see him floating in space. Wouldn't that be really cool? I mean, of course, he wouldn't have any kind of environmental suit on. It would just be him there flailing for a couple of seconds in space, and then, well, you know the rest. He's the largely popsicle-like Dan Davidson, Dan... Good to have you here, buddy. Thanks, I think. Uh, that was a great wish. Uh, okay, anyway. I love it. Uh, yeah, we're going to think outside the bottle this week, as it were, right? Ha <laughs> ha Anyway. Is it a tequila bottle? I wish, because I, I, like a 1.75 liter, buddy. <laughs> no, it's great to be here. And, and like you said, this is something that we've talked about doing for a long time. It's a little different than what we usually do here on Trek Geeks. Usually we'll talk about a particular subject or an episode or a character or something, but we're going to do something fun. Uh, and even with you, it's going to be fun, I can say. So I'm really looking forward to it. And that is wishes. We all have wishes. You have a wish. I have a wish. I wish for world peace and, and happiness and Instead, we're going to talk about what we wish on Star Trek, which is kind of the same thing when you think about it. Yeah, we're going to go through, and uh, I've set some rules for this mm. exercise. We're going to pick a, a bunch of people that we lo- we'd love to see in Star Trek one way or another, and, and maybe come up with some parts for them to play or some types of characters for them to play. I think it's going to be really exciting. It's the kind of thing where we just get to spitball and come up with our ultimate wish list, and I can't wait. It actually felt 
on the schedule perfectly because I just got back from Disney a couple of weeks ago, had a fantastic time. And then we had this on the schedule and I'm like, oh, Disney theme. So we renamed this episode. <laughs> this is great. When you wish upon a trek. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Who renamed this episode? I don't even remember. I think it was me, actually. Yeah, of course I, it was you. Okay, you there we Disney, go. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could have been, you know, you know, feeding me good vibes and stuff. So I, I'll, I'll give you credit for it, too. It doesn't happen often. So get the look off your face and just say, I, okay, Dan. No, no, no. I love how when you change something, you try to say, well, it could have been because of you. And we both know it's not. I couldn't remember, <laughs> actually. I'd have to go back and look in my chat history. But it probably was. Yeah. It, it was. It was. And I'm proud of it. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You had, some, you had some dumb title. I don't even remember what it was. Just don't just own up to it and move on. It was Speaking, me. Speaking of moving on, why don't you move on to telling people how they can give us their dream wish lists for Star Trek? <laughs> and that probably is that Dan has never heard from again. But anyway, uh, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can get in touch with us, folks. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you. You can head on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and you can send us an email. You can send us a voicemail. You can chat us up. You can tweet directly to us, or you can head over to Camp Kittimer, which, of course, is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks podcast network over on Facebook. It's the most popular positive trek group on facebook we think we don't allow any trolling we don't allow any gatekeeping we only want people there who celebrate what they love about star trek so just search for camp kinemer answer a couple of easy questions we'll let you right in and of course we want to thank our wonderful admins Haley, jackie and farkalicious for the amazing job they do running the camp but please remember that any comments or messages that you leave send any of these messages places Screwed that right up. I almost got through it. I'm not even finishing the disclaimer. So just go ahead. Say what you want to say. You're just, you're, since you've come back from your break, you were over. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, I'm keeping the streak alive, right? <laughs> well, Some kind of streak. Yeah. I, I don't, let's not talk about that type of streak. And, and I will say I was distracted because when I said Farkalicious, I saw you kind of look weird in the in the camera. And then that completely threw me off from the rest of my copy. <laughs> you're you're going to get us another cease and desist at some point. <laughs> I'm not singing anything. So whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Farkalicious. I, just stop. He is. He is I stop. ask you on behalf of, of Fark and our entire <laughs> listener base. Stop. If you haven't checked out the galaxy's first interactive Tribble from Science Division, then <laughs> I got to tell you, you are really missing out. Yeah, absolutely. This officially licensed Tribble is just an amazing high quality Star Trek collectible, which we know you'll be proud to add to your collection. We both have one and we truly love them. Mine's sitting right over here next to me. Uh, so much work and creativity went into creating this Tribble too, right down to the softest fur you can imagine. Plus, the sounds the Tribble makes are straight out of the original series. You'll swear that this Tribble was delivered straight from Space Station K7 right to your door. And uh, you want them delivered right to your doorbell because, uh, as you know, Tribbles are not dangerous. No, no, they're not. You know, and the Science Division Tribble has its own app that you can use to control the Tribble. I mean, it's not necessary, but, you know, it is a lot of fun to make it scream at people like your friends, your family, or even podcast co-hosts who make your spine decalcify with their voice. Hmm, I like that. So head on over to Science DIV right now to pick up one of the galaxy's first interactive tribbles for your very own. Plus, while you're there, check out their new and improved shop accessory section where you can get all kinds of Science Division swag like T-shirts, mugs, or even the legendary Science Division tote bag. Science Division. 
Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. If you're looking for some great Star Trek t-shirts or even other gear to add to your life, then be sure to check out the Trek Geek store on TeePublic. In addition to our own merchandise, you can directly access all of the officially licensed shirts on the TeePublic platform just by going to shop.trekgeeks.com. And when you use that link, you're automatically helping to support the Trek Geeks podcast network with every purchase, whether it's from our store or not. And with over 150 designs available and new merchandise being added all the time, you're bound to find something perfect for your next Trek Tuesday. Plus, TeePublic constantly has special sales and discounts, so you'll want to check back often. It all starts by going to the Trek Geeks shop today at shop.trekgeeks.com. Everybody, here we are for this yes. week's uh, main body of content. We we decided to do something a little outside the box. You and I have talked a lot about people. Oh man, it'd be so great to see this person or that person in Trek. And and finally, you and I have come up with a list of actors and actresses we would love to see in Star Trek in some form going forward. Um, I'm surprised we didn't do this long ago. I'm actually glad we didn't do it long ago because it's given more opportunity for different people uh, that we can choose. Now, you did you pitched this to me a while ago, and and we just you know we haven't had time to do it with all the different celebrations going on, like Voyager and the beginning of Enterprise's anniversary celebration. But we finally decided to do it, and you came up with some very specific rules. <laughs> on how we were going to do this. And I'm just going to let our listeners know what rules you dictated to me. Well, before you do that, there's a reason for that. Because it's, one, yeah. I know you. <laughs> Two, on. you would have picked somebody who had been a guest star or an extra at some point. Uh, quite possible. Yeah, you would have picked Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I don't know if I would have picked Jeffrey Combs, but... I uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to set very clear guidelines so that we were purposefully picking people who've never been associated with Trek. Absolutely. And I, I thought that was, that was a great idea. And, and to give you an idea, when I was going through people, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to see Jonathan Banks in a role in Star Trek. Lo and behold, though, couldn't choose him because he was in an episode of Deep Space Nine. So season one. Uh, yes. As Breaking Bad fame and also Beverly Hills Cop, he would have been one that you would have given me the big old buzzer on. Um, so, so I did not, I did not have him in my list, but we did want to come up with six to 10, uh, actors. Um, the actors have to be living as of this recording today, which is interesting. Um, and as you said, they cannot have been in Star Trek in any capacity, no guest stars, no extras, nothing. Um, some would we want to see as a series regular, either in a current series or a theoretical made up future series, or maybe even a reboot. And you also want us, me, you to be specific in the role that they will play and why. So I, I got to tell you, this was not as easy as I initially thought it was going to be. Well, you may want to refresh your page because there's one extra rule. Oh, and it's this. He's throwing none, new rules at me. None of our picks can be Lance Reddick be, since we're both on record right. as wanting him in Star Trek big time. Right. Absolutely. So, so we're kind of calling this, you know, uh, the Reddick rules of sorts. <laughs> um, at, at least I'm calling it that off the bat but but that's kind of where we're starting from and i think that opens up an entire you know unlimited array of talent that yeah. we could look at yeah i think some of these are going to be um I, I don't know if i want to use the word obvious but you know big names 
chances are we're going to want to see him in Star Trek. One person that I did not put on here because I figured everybody would want it, or maybe not, is, is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is like the actor of this generation, I think. And seeing him in Star Trek would be awesome. I just didn't put him on the list because I figured, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, well, they're just going to pick Tom Hanks because he's such a big actor. I don't know. I don't know if you even feel that way or not, but that's how I feel. I would never have said that. Okay. Well, you, um, you and I. Partially just... because I'm, I'm, you know, I could go either way on Tom Hanks. I don't okay. really care. Okay. That's all right. I appreciate that. But we got some good names. I got to say, we got some really like out of the blue names too. So it's going to be a fun discussion. <laughs> we do. And in fact, I'm going to show you how out of the blue it is to start with. Okay. So uh, on my list, first off, um, I'm going to go with somebody who is, has been on television and in movies for decades. And that's Jimmy Smith. Now, Jimmy Smith's LA law, sons of anarchy, the mm -hmm. West wing star Wars. Yes. As a as Senator Organa, I'd love to see him play a future Starfleet captain in a post TNG era series. And I say that because the characters he plays normally have this, this really deep and rich humanity. And he just brings a real warmth and gravitas to, to that kind of role. And he could very easily be a top of the call sheet kind of series lead in that effect. Um, I'd love to see him specifically as the headmaster or the admiral in charge of like Starfleet Academy, because I think that would be a perfect role for him. That is a great first pick, man. I think he is absolutely fantastic in Sons of Anarchy. I think that's my favorite role of his. I've yeah. never really watched LA Law. I'm not through West Wing yet, um, but Sons of Anarchy, I've watched it several times. And every time, the first time he was on it, didn't care for his character too much until towards the end. Next yep. times I've watched it, absolutely love it. He nails it. He's fantastic. So that's a that's a fantastic pick, man. Good first pick. Thank you. I recently did a Sons of Anarchy rewatch. And I think I was the same way of you. The first time through, I'm like, oh God, Jimmy Smith's really? Because he'd just been on Dexter, mm -hmm. you know, and here he was on Sons. And, and watching back, I mean, he's really the humanity in those later seasons. I mean, his character is not a nice guy. Yeah. But right. he, he kind of is the moral center yes. of the series at that point. And I think that's what, what really made me drawn to him. And then I rewatched The West Wing. Or I should say finished watching The West Wing because I never watched the last two seasons. And he was great in that last season and a half of the West Wing. Okay. When does he show up in that? Uh, I want to say halfway through season five or six. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but in the in the final season, he is one of the two presidential candidates, the other played by Alan Alda. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm only on episode three of season one of the West Wing, so it's got, I got a ways to go before I'll, yeah. before I'll see him. Just so, a yeah. bit. Yeah, so great first pick. I'm going to go for my first pick now, and it's it's um, it's it's interesting because she just started on a new show, and I think she's getting a lot more fans nowadays. Nowadays, and that's Bitsy Tulloch, and uh, she played Juliet in the series Grimm, which is one of my all time favorite television series, and she's also Lois in the new Superman and Lois show on, I believe, the CW. Um, it's getting a lot of accolades right now. Um, she's a strong actress. She played. Um, she was the type of character that you loved and hated during her time on Grimm. She's able to play a character in different ways so that you really have different kinds of emotions when you're watching her. Uh, she can play whatever role uh, and the plot twists. Um, she just, she loves them. And I actually can kind of see her being a strong alien character in Star Trek. Maybe, maybe a Romulan because she definitely has the eyes for it. And as I was thinking about her more and looking at some pictures of her, I could totally see her 
as a Kira Norris if there was a DS9 reboot. I think she's that good. Uh, a lot of people might even be like, who the heck is this person? Never even heard of her. I think her real first name is Elizabeth, but she goes by Bitsy. Um, but to, I think she's fantastic. So that's my first pick. I'd never heard of her until, you know, you put her on the list. And I I don't know that I've ever really seen anything she's been in, but I agree with you. She could very well be, you know, a rebooted Kira. Or I'm going to throw this out there because you mentioned that you loved loving her and hating her on Grimm. She could be young Kai Wynn. I was just going to say, you're going to say Kai Wynn, aren't you? Yeah, I actually thought of that too, but then I'm like, you know what? Seeing how she is in Grimm, and I, a lot of it was based on her Grimm character because I like that show so much. I'm like, yeah, I got to go more towards the someone who is a heroine and a very strong female lead and not someone that we love to hate like we did with Kai Wynn. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. That's, That's fair. My- I mean, I, I like where you're where you're coming from with this first pick out of the uh, out of the gate. I think it's it's solid, man. Mm, thanks, man. Uh, yours was definitely solid. A plus rating right there from the Better Business Bureau of Trectum. Whatever There's one of those. I, I just made it up. I make a lot of things up. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna come on with my next pick, and and this is one that to me seemed like a no brainer. But to most people, they're all, they may almost think it's it's sacrilegious in a sense. You know, because remember back in 2008 or so, they announced that there was going to be a rebooted Star Trek movie recasting Kirk and Spock in the mm-hmm. original series cast. Yeah. At some point, I think it's reasonable to think that there could be a recasting of Star Trek The Next Generation, Picard and crew. Yeah, okay. Um, I, because, I mean, it's Star Trek. You know, anything could happen. Right. So if they were going to reboot TNG for movies or television. I think I've picked the perfect Deanna Troy. And I'm going to pick someone who just has had a, a meteoric rise and is, is, is a bankable name quality. She's immediately recognizable. And that's Gal Gadot who was wonder woman. Oh yes, she is. Absolutely. Um, she, you know, she's proven she can lead, you know, uh, several films. She's proven that she's an incredible talent. I think that she fits for Deanna, not just in look, but I think it's a great way to utilize her accent. Because of course, remember, Deanna has a different mm-hmm. accent right. than seemingly everybody else on Bajor. <laughs> I'm sorry, on, uh, on Beta Z, sorry. <laughs> Beta Z, yeah. That's, that's a great pick, man. And I got to tell you, one of the other rules that we had, which we forgot to mention, is yeah. that we couldn't have the same picks because I was going to go with, with her as well. And I'm looking at your <laughs> list and I'm like, oh, leap <laughs> so, that's yeah. the advantage to my doing my list first <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh, well unfortunately some of us had to be in disney so but anyway um oh, yeah, yeah i so uh, unfortunate i think that's a great pick and i i can totally see her as deanna troy very easily to, to visualize that i think it would be a good pick plus i think this is a good opportunity to give deanna more to do i'm not that that marina couldn't have pulled it off but i mean that was the nature of television back in the 90s right you know, you got seven characters, you got 26 episodes, you got to farm it out. Um, Gal Gadot has proven that she can, she can do funny things. She can do serious things. She can do action. Mm-hmm. She can kick some ass a little bit. And I would love to see a little bit of that, those qualities added to a Deanna Troy. I think that would be perfect. Whether it's a small screen reboot of TNG or a, uh, a big screen reboot, whether it's TV or big screen, the amount of action and and overall cinematic 
unbelievability that goes into these new shows of Star Trek, I could totally see her just completely taking the stage uh, in her scenes and really just just crushing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so that's my pick number two. I, I actually, you know what? That's the pick I did first. Oh, okay. My my first two picks are going to be my last two that I talk about because they're my top two. Oh well, yeah. okay then. Yeah. So so you've always been a little backwards. I'm not surprised. By I, I am. I, I am a little backwards, and I'm going to go with my second pick now. And if you're watching on the on the notes that we take online, you're going to see that I'm going all out of order. But that's okay. My <laughs> my second pick is actually going to be a gentleman by the name of Robert Taylor. Oh. And people know him, of course, from Longmire, and he played Longmire in that TV series. He was also had a short, a small role in The Meg uh, not too long ago. Um, it might be a little bit of a controversial pick for some people. Um, in Longmire, if you've seen it, his character is complex, but he's very low-key, and he's really cold for the most part. You don't really see him having a whole lot of emotion. So people say, oh, he'd be a perfect Vulcan, but that's not what I would see him playing in Star Trek. I can see see him playing a down and out character in Trek that might have a checkered past, but always does what's right. And what's Starfleet. Hmm. Very similar to Rios in season one of Picard. I was thinking. So, hmm. um, I I've always liked what he's done in that show. And a lot of people might've said, Oh, Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galacta was also in Longmire. That might be a great pick too. Nope. I went with the title character for Longmire and Robert Taylor did. You know, he's, he's been acting in Australia for a long time. Really Longmire is the first thing that the people have come to know him for in the States. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic series. If you haven't seen it, it started off on A&E and I think then moved to Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And Mary Wiseman has a couple of uh, episodes that she's in Longmire, which I thought was fantastic when I first was watching the show a few years ago. But he's also, he's got a, a smaller part in Kong Skull Island. Yes, he does. Yep. Um, and, and several other things. I mean, I think that's a, that's a really solid pick. I, I could see him maybe doing a section 31 thing. That'd be cool. That would um, be cool. I, I think he could be some kind of antagonist in the section 31 series. If that ever happens, I think that would be fantastic. Now, don't get me wrong. He would also play a great Vulcan. He can play a stoic, emotionless character like nobody's business because he's like that a lot in Longmire. Um, And I can see him with the eyebrows and the pointed ears and the haircut and everything. But I didn't want to go with the obvious uh, character uh, characterization for him. So I went with somebody like Rios because I think Rios is like that in a way during parts of season one. And I can definitely see Robert Taylor in that kind of role. That's really interesting. I, I, I would love to see what he could do in Star Trek. Um, I, I, I love that pick and I love that in your number two spot. Thanks, honestly. man. Honestly, that's All some right. good value. If this were a draft, that'd be some great value at the number two. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's always good to get the <laughs> thumbs up from you because there's so few and far between. <laughs> well, don't get used to it. <laughs> days young. So, that's yeah. Days very young. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go into my third pick now and I'm going to springboard off of my last pick, which of course was Gal Gadot for counselor Troy. Um, that kind of got me thinking about continuing to reboot next gen. If I were going to put that cast together, um, I'd want somebody who could really act opposite Gal Gadot as Riker. Interesting. And I didn't have this realization uh, until recently when I was watching the Falcon and the winter soldier on Disney plus. And so for, a, a rebooted Will Riker, I'm going to pick Sebastian Stan. That is awesome. In the earlier appearances as Bucky Barnes in the Captain America 
movies, I, I didn't see him as Riker. But in Falcon and Winter Soldier, there were times where he exhibited such humanity and such warmth of mm-hmm. character that I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely he could pull off Riker and some of those qualities that Jonathan Frakes imbued him with. I think also he'd work very well against Gal. And I think that they'd they'd have a great chemistry on screen. Of course, knowing now that Sebastian Stan has been cast as Tommy Lee in, in a biopic about uh, him and Pamela Anderson, I think is is pretty wild. But I'd love to see him come back and, and do something Star Trek. And dude, can't you see him thro- doing the, the Riker maneuver over the chair? Well, I was going to say <laughs> a very important question is, will he be able to do the Riker walk as well as you do it? <laughs> <laughs> no one does. Nobody walks that corner like Bill Smith pretending to be Commander Riker. That's a great pick, man. I really like it. And to, just to let you know, I did I did binge watch Falcon and Winter Soldier on the plane down to Disney. And on the way back, I finished it. And it was fantastic. And Sebastian was great. I remember telling you once that um, during my rewatches of the Marvel Universe movies, I wasn't really digging the Winter Soldier movie, but after watching it a couple of times, it's it's so fantastic, and he does such a great job of it in it. Well, yeah, he absolutely does, and, and you know, just seeing those scenes both in in Winter Soldier and and in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, he clearly can handle some of the more intense scenes, yep. the action that we talked about. Riker commands the away team, so I mean, automatically that lends to a more physical type of of nature in some of those, those scenes on planet side or what have you. But you know, it, it's the scene. Those weren't the scenes that really sold me on him. It was the ones where he and Sam were at the boat dock right. with the family and with the yeah. friends and the way that he would interact with some of those people and how he'd have a chance to just be Bucky or not Bucky, but James. Right. Right. And that's really what, when it, it clicked for me in my head, I said, Oh man, he totally could pull off Riker now. I can see it right, right there on the screen. So uh, that's my that's my number three pick. Uh, I'm done rebooting TNG after this, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think Sebastian Stan would be a fantastic addition to Star Trek. That's a great pick, man. One of the things that popped in my head as you were talking about the strong scenes that he had during that series was the the emotion on his face when he went to confront his old friend whose son he had murdered as the winter soldier Yeah, uh, to admit that it was him. That was, that was tough. And, and, and Sebastian did a great job. We're five for five on our picks, man. I think they've all been pretty awesome to be honest with you. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I'm fond of mine, but yours yeah. have, have definitely been great. Oh, yours are fantastic. I'm going to go with my next pick. Um, <laughs> you may not like the show, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with another very strong, powerful female uh, actor. And that is Evangeline Lilly. And of course, she was Kate in Lost, <laughs> and she was also in Ant Man and Ant Man and Wasp, uh, another Marvel uh, movie or movies, which I thought were great. Um, if anything, Evangeline has shown that she can handle the big screen as an Ant Man and Wasp, but can also handle the rigors of a TV series with a rabid fan base like Lost. So um, I actually can see her kind of as a Beckett Mariner type character, strong willed, funny, hot tempered, and gets in hot water from time to time. I just see that with the different characters that she's played, such as, as Kate and, and as Wasp in the, in the Marvel universe. Um, She just seems like one of those characters that you don't want to mess with. And so that's why I'm going with her. 
I'm only surprised you didn't pick six people from Lost. <laughs> uh, Hugo might be in there later. No, you know he's not. <laughs> well, I know there's at least a few people we have to cross off the list from Lost. Uh, Titus, <laughs> Titus Welliver, look yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. That, why does he have to be already on Star Trek? <laughs> um, it, it, I think that's a really interesting pick. I don't know that I would have picked her until I saw her in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Because largely for me, Kate on Lost is... Uh, is really kind of lost on me. Um, I, I really don't think it's a character with all that much range or depth. And I, I feel like she didn't really have all that much to do, but in Ant-Man and the Wasp and e- even in Avengers Endgame, because her character does show up there. Right. I thought she did an amazing job. I personally, for me, you see her as a Mariner type. I'm going to go out on a limb and see, I see her as a Janeway type. Um, oh, wow. I'd like to see her play somebody that isn't necessarily uh, going to have a hot temper because she's done that already. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I see her in that role because it's something I'm familiar with. I mean, she only blew up a house and lost, but you know, I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> so what if there was somebody in it? Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's all right. But yo, I, I, I like that. It's something I had not thought of as her in a Janeway role, but I think she could definitely do it. Um, it's interesting. Um, I, I picked the, the Beckett Mariner specifically because of in loss and, and I'm not disagreeing with you completely that sometimes her character didn't really have a lot to do. And sometimes it was stereotypical of her just to be the, the eye candy on screen while she's in, uh, at the, on the beach or whatnot, but she had some scenes, you know, she was on the run in that when she was on the plane and she, and she had, you know, been wanted and, and chased by the, uh, by the authorities and everything. Yep. And, yep. and, She's got a real roller coaster of a ride through that series. Um, and I just think that somebody who has dealt with a show like that, that has the ups and downs and the plot twists and also a fan base that is watching every single thing that's done, I could see her easily handling a Star Trek role. So that's why I decided to pick her. Oh, I think so too. I mean, ultimately, I think that she would really nail whatever she was given in Star Trek. Um, but I, I'm still safe with saying we're six for six. I could see her definitely in universe. I just mm-hmm. think we have a slight difference on how yeah. we'd like to see her in the universe. And that's okay. And one thing I want to say, cause you mentioned it end game. I still think that that scene may be one of the best in all of the Marvel universe movies. <laughs> when all of these strong female characters show up and are like, we got this best scene of the movie chills. Yeah. Awesome. And she's yeah. one of them. Absolutely. Absolute chills. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. So I'm going to move on to uh, my fourth pick. And um, <laughs> I, I have to admit a bias here um, because I just love this person. Um, she's she's really active on Instagram and she's just so incredibly positive. Uh, we know this person can act. We know she can do act, action sequences. But I just really think she'd be a welcome addition to the franchise. And we can both talk about what that might look like because I don't really have a spot in mind. But I'm going to go with Jennifer Garner. From oh. Alias and Electra and uh, any one of a number of things, um, she uh, Capital One commercials. What's obviously, in your because, wallet? You know, what's yeah. in your wallet? <laughs> um, but I think she would just be a fantastic person to have in Star Trek. Partly because I think that she believes in many of the ideals that that a lot of us do, and although that's not a, a prerequisite, it certainly doesn't hurt. But I think you could probably throw anything at her and she'd probably kill it. I have not seen Alias. I have not seen Electra. I don't know her from a lot of stuff. I know the name and I know the, you know, the paparazzi stuff and, yep. Yep. and, and I know the commercials and everything. But I've also 
uh, read that that she is a master at her craft. So I I think that that would be an interesting pick. I can't think off the top of my head right now what role I would like to see her in Star Trek, but I can definitely see her in a role. Just don't know what. I actually what first popped into my head just now as I was saying yeah. that, which is going to be really weird. Odo. I have no idea why that popped into my head. Security chief. Interesting. Changeling. I don't know why, but it, it just popped into my head. Maybe she could be a founder. Yeah. Ab- that yeah, would be absolutely. really interesting. I, um, I, I could see her, you know, as an alien presence. Uh, I, you know, it's really easy to say, oh, I'd love for them to be in a Starfleet uniform. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think actors like the challenge of a character. And I'd love to see her as some kind of, uh, not necessarily an antagonist, but perhaps somebody with, um, uh, maybe not a checkered past, but with some secrets. Romulan right. would not be bad because mm-hmm. I think she could probably pull that off. But uh, admittedly, I just love Jennifer Garner. <laughs> and there's no reason why you can't pick someone based on that because there might be one or two of that in there for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, we all it's a wish list, right? I exactly. mean, you want people in Star Trek that you like. You know, I mean, currently we wind up loving everybody who's a part of Trek for the most part, but true. Um, that's just, that's my number four pick. All right. I like it, man. I like it. And I think you're going to like my number four pick actually. I probably will. Yeah. Um, we've seen this fantastic actor in 24. We've seen him in the mummy. We've seen oh. him in Bosch and I'm going, and I don't know if I'm going to get his name right, but I'm going with Arnold Vosloo, um, who played Imhotep in the mummy. Uh, and he played Marwan in season Four, I believe of 24, which I think was the best season of, uh, of that series because of the job that he did. Now, unfortunately, a lot of Arnold's roles have me selecting him as a major villain for a season of a Star Trek show um, because of Marwan, because of Imhotep. Now, this is, this is the, the, the caveat that I have. He's South African, and I didn't know that because of the roles I've seen him play in the past. And these days, it is very bad to cast someone in an ethnic role who is not of that ethnicity. But I could definitely see him as a Khan-type character. Perhaps Khan and Marla had a child that we have never known about. Interesting. That's what I'm going with. I I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You know, we tend to shy away, at least in the television world of of the big bad, although yep. Trek on television now is kind of moving to some of that model in some series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely could see him as as that person, the boss level bad guy. Yeah. Um, but I, just as easily, I think I could see him as somebody who plays a character with a, a fair amount of wisdom. Yes. You know, and not like Yoda-esque, but I could see him as somebody dispensing that kind of knowledge. So perhaps he's an alien figure who the crew encounters and, and there's some sort of, you know, uh, 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 I don't want to say mental adventure, but uh, something otherworldly that he is tied to. Sure. There's a mystery surrounding it. So even if he's not going to be a bad guy, I think he could really be something very, very interesting. Yeah, I think that I think that would be really great. And of course, I didn't I didn't speak of it very much, but he was great in uh, season one of Bosch. I think it was. No, it's two. Just it was season two. Okay, yeah. Uh, and whenever I see him, I'm like, oh yeah. And and I always confuse him with the guy who played the captain uh, of the. Um, uh, Kelvin <laughs> at the beginning of the, of the first oh, movie. Oh, here. <laughs> I always 
confuse the two, but but yeah, I think Arnold would be a great uh, a great con offspring. That's what I went with. That's I was see, when I thought of that, I'm like, oh. See, I would have wanted to see Ferran to hear as Khan. Yeah, that, I know you've said that in the past. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That uh, would have been amazing. Well, I know, I don't know, uh, but no, Arnold Vosloo, fantastic pick. I I would love to see him do something out of his normal range. Sure. Uh, as a truck goes by my house. Sorry. That's about okay. That. That's all right. Um, I would love to see him play a character that isn't a bad guy. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. A lot of these, you know, we've talked about how the Star Trek actors over their career have been kind of stereotyped. Um, yeah. And and a lot of things, I mean, I've said it with Robert Taylor. He's the way that he is in certain shows. And I think Arnold fits into that. Unfortunately, also, there's, there's this, there's this spot that he gets stuck in and everybody thinks of him as playing the bad guy. And I, I fell right into that trap as well, but yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see him do something that we're not used to. Yeah. I, I think, um, thinking back to discovery season three, maybe as a, as a trill elder would be very interesting. Oh, interesting. Or one of a a trills past lives. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think would be really, really cool. What was the name of the, um, of the, uh, trill, Oh, that, that sent the message that they were trying to find. Um, and he was played by an older actor and did a fantastic oh, job. Oh, um, I could see him in that role. That's all. Yeah. I could see him as a senatal type person, kind yeah. of that wisdom. Yeah. I, I like that, man. I like you. I like how you make me think outside the box. Cause usually I can't think at all. So thank you. <laughs> well, don't I know it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to move on to my number five spot. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is one that I, I just, I've, I've wanted to see this person in Star Trek for a while and to see that she has gained such notoriety and success. Um, it just makes me nothing short of happy. And that's a uh, Regina King. She was in the Watchmen series on HBO and was amazing in it. Southland, the police drama from about 10 years ago on NBC and TNT boys in the hood, uh, 24, She's also currently the director of the Oscar nominated film One Night in Miami. So I mean she she really, you know, has become quite the 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 renaissance person in Hollywood and a heavyweight. She has an incredible presence on screen. She has a strength about her, but she's also played some remarkably vulnerable scenes, and I think she'd be an amazing Vulcan or she'd even be a fantastic series lead. Or, or in a movie or hell, actually, I'd love to see her direct a Star Trek movie, honestly. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll, I will take her in Star Trek any way it happens because that's how amazingly talented she is. And if you haven't watched the Watchmen series on HBO, you really owe it to yourself because she's fantastic in it. I've never seen that, but whenever I think of her, the first thing I think of, which may be strange for some people, is Enemy of the State with Will Smith. She plays uh, his wife. Uh, great movie um, with uh, Gene Hackman and John Voight. Uh, Jake uh, Busey's in it. Um, it's a it's a great action thriller, and she's she's in it. She only has a few scenes, but she carries those scenes really well. Um, that's a fantastic pick, man. I um uh, I I I I will say I did not know that she was a director, uh, unfortunately, until I was reading your notes. So I'm just out of the loop, I guess. But I think that'd be kind of cool. I like how you pick somebody to be in Star Trek to not be in front of the camera so much as possibly be behind it. That's pretty awesome. I like that. I mean, you know, like I said, any way it happens, you know, if if the job, you know, if she decides she wants to direct a Star Trek movie and they're on board with it, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, that's I'm great. there for it. Yeah. Um, but if she also wants to be in a Star Trek movie, hell yeah. Yeah. Because when you have somebody with that level of talent, you you use her, you put her in Star Trek. So yep, absolutely. Um, 
that's uh that's the number five man nice okay for this next pick for me it's not my pick but i want to give a shout out and and just give some information um gotta say first of all happy birthday to our fellow podcast family member aaron harvey it's his birthday today as we record this and for those of you that have seen the album cover for this week's episode he did uh, i asked yeah. i asked him to do something special because we kind of had the disney vibe because i just got back from disney and it was a wish list and he came up with an amazing album cover with a with a genie lamp with the the delta logo coming out of the smoke absolutely love it and i told him why i wanted this album cover and he said you know what you know who i'd really love to see and this is what this pick is going to be this is my next one even yeah. though it's, it's aaron's and that is cch pounder Oh, I love CCH Pounder. When he sent that to me in in instant messenger, I'm like, oh my God, that is awesome. Absolutely love that. What's funny is as soon as I heard the name, the first thing I think of is Face Off, which may not be the best thing that she's known for, but she's in it. She's in it for only a few minutes. She doesn't live very long, but that's what I think (laughs) of her. Um, She's been in a lot of great stuff. She's actually, I didn't know, she's going to be in Avatar 2 and 3 which uh, one's in post-production and the other is actually filming right now. But of course, we've seen her in all kinds of stuff on television. We've seen her in ER. We've seen her in in um, Quantum Leap, actually, way back in the day. Um, Sons of Anarchy, of course. She does a great job as the uh, as the district attorney. Uh, NCIS and NCIS New Orleans, uh, she's been on. So uh, a lot of talent, a powerhouse actress. Um, and uh, I think Aaron should be commended for his album cover, and a pick that both of us, I'm sure, are, thinks is just absolutely awesome. I, I'm going to agree 100%. Um, you left off the fact that she's not just on NCIS New Orleans. She's a series regular with Scott Bakula um, from Star Trek. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you left off probably her best role ever, which was Detective Claudette Wims in The Shield, which is my favorite police drama of all time yes it, it is your favorite uh uh series which i have i have only watched the first season of um and i know i you're gonna slap me on the wrist for that but yeah and and i do apologize yeah she's actually been in 122 episodes of ncis new orleans so yeah she's a series yeah. regular um but she's fantastic absolutely love love the work that she does so good job aaron i like that pick i love that pick and i'm a huge fan of cch pounder so um when you said that my i just lit up because I'm like, your, oh my your God, eyes I, went your eyes were like boing <laughs> i wish i'd thought of that oh, <laughs> that's how good it was as, you're just not as smart as aaron is <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's true in so many levels <laughs> but uh but no i agree entirely so are we gonna go back to me or are we gonna go to you no go ahead go back to you man i got two left you got two left all right yeah so i'm gonna go with probably my my deep cut pick at the number six spot and if i just tell you this person's name you're gonna be like who (laughs) but when i start telling you some of the roles this person has been in you're gonna be like oh yeah and that is actor kenneth Choi, um sons of anarchy yep uh captain america the first avenger oh that's Uh, right he's in that one yeah he is nine one one he played Judge Ito in American Crime Story and mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, Kenneth Choi is just one of those actors you see in a bunch of things. And he's great literally in everything he's in. Now, I'd love to see him as a human, but I really think he could shine as an alien. Uh, perhaps a Romulan or I'm even going to throw this out there, maybe an Andorian. Okay. Um, because we've never seen... Uh, 
somebody of Asian descent as an Endorian. And I think that would be pretty awesome. But I mean, he's just, he, he gives rock solid performances. You know, he's, he's never top of the, of the call sheet in most of the things he's in, but he, he is a fantastic actor. And I think he really brings something cool to Star Trek. I love that. I loved him as, uh, is it Harry or Henry, Henry Lynn in Sons of Anarchy? I thought yeah. he was great. It was a, it was one of those roles. You're right. He's not at the top of the call sheet, but I think it's good that a lot of these people aren't because they get a chance to really bring something to the franchise that maybe we're not expecting. Um, which is kind of funny because my last two are kind of top of the call sheet ones, but my other ones really weren't, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's a great pick, man. I never would have thought that in a thousand years. So that's a good one. I completely forgot about captain America. I know. Right. Because he's not the focus of the film, you know, Right. but he's been in so many things. Like I was watching uh, Spider-Man homecoming Mm -hmm. or, or was it far from home? I forget which one it was. And he's the principal. Um, who's supposed to be a descendant of his character in Captain America, the first Avenger, which I think is so cool. Oh, that's very cool. Um, but you know, it's, I, I think I'd love to see him as an alien. I'd love to get him in star Trek. Um, he's just, he's got incredible range and I, I love his performance as judge Lance Ito. Um, it was like watching historical documents. Oh, is that good? Yeah, it was really yeah. that good. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's a great pick, man. I absolutely like it. Yeah, I'll always remember him for uh, for Sons of Anarchy, definitely. But that's cool that uh, there's so many other cool things that uh, that you uh, talked about. That's neat. Nice. Very nice. All right. I'm going with my one of the last two, and I'm not sure which one I want to put first, but uh, I'm going to do this one. She's a powerhouse, and that's Brie Larson. Oh, man. You know, Kong Skull Island, she does a great job as the photographer on the expedition. And of course, anybody who's uh, got any knowledge of the Marvel universe, she just completely hits it out of the park in Captain Marvel. Uh, No matter what the role Brie, like I just said, she's a powerhouse to be reckoned with. She is the truest definition right now of a powerful female actor. And I believe that, in a mirror universe, and I don't mean the mirror universe of Star Trek, but in a mirror universe, she would have no problem having the franchise ride on her shoulders just as successfully as Sonequa has done in our universe with Star Trek Discovery. She, to me, is the future of the powerful female actor in, for the next couple of decades. And I think she would be, I don't even, I, this is the one, one thing where I'm kind of breaking the rules. I don't have a role for her other than carrying Star Trek on her shoulders. I think she's that, <laughs> I think she's that great. And uh, I, whether it's even if those commercials for that dumb car, I don't even know what the car is. It's a, they're great commercials because it's Brie, anything with Brie and I'm going to stop and watch. So that's um, my, well, that's my pick. Let's give her her due Academy Award winner. Thank Brie you. Larson. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, well-deserved. Now, the first yep. time I saw Brie Larson was probably over, probably about 10, 12 years ago in a Showtime series called The United States of Tara. Oh, okay. Um, where she played the teenage daughter. And I thought she was hilarious on that show. It was not really a comedy per se, but she had more comedic moments than most. Yep. But you could tell then that there was just something about her and her performances where she probably was going to go on to do great things. It wasn't until recently that I saw Captain Marvel and damn. Yeah. 
She's, I became she's, a huge Captain Marvel fan just based yep. on that movie and her performance. Yep. Now, I've never seen the movie Room where she won the Academy Award, so I apologize yep. for not pointing that out. But I just just the, the she commands attention. One of my favorite scenes in the Marvel Universe is actually in Endgame where she shows up and she's going to go kill Thanos. And, and she walks right up to Thor. And Thor's just like, huh, do you really know what you're dealing with? And he calls for his axe and it comes flying by her. And that her hair kind of like is blown in the wind from the axe. She doesn't even flinch. Yeah. And Thor's just like, oh, I like this one. I, and that's <laughs> and to me, for me personally, that's Brie in real life. She doesn't flinch. I think she'd be awesome. I, I think she'd be amazing. Yeah. I think you could put Star Trek on her shoulders and she would carry it because she has she has the talent and the ability to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I think that's a, a, an incredible pick. And Thanks, if man. that's your if that's your next to last pick, dude, I can only imagine what your last one's gonna be. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that one. Um, <laughs> Which I suppose takes me to to my last pick, um, and this is uh, this is one that I thought of like practically immediately. It's like you know, if I had my dream and could put any actor in Star Trek, this guy was pretty much at the top of the list, and that's um, Timothy Oliphant. Nice, uh, Justified, Deadwood, Santa Clarita Diet, um, The Mandalorian. Yep, yep. Um, the Office. He's in a few, several episodes of the office for in one season. Um, that's largely because I think Timothy Oliphant should be in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing he can't do. There's a wide variety of shows there. Um, a Santa Clarita diet. He just gets to be over the top and just mm-hmm. hilarious. But I'd love to see Oliphant as like a Starfleet captain or a first officer. Now he's played a couple of high profile lawmen. Um, like in Justified and Deadwood, who were very mm-hmm. similar characters. Mm-hmm. So I'd even love to see a change of pace for him. I think he'd also be really great as the villain in a movie. Um, you know, because he he can do that with with great seriousness. Okay. Um, he also was in the movie Hitman as the character Hitman, the one based on the video game, which okay. is not a great movie. <laughs> um, but so I mean, he he can do these things. He's already done Star Wars, dude. So why not Star Trek? Yeah. That's I love I love that pick. I love him in Santa Clarita Diet. If they weren't going to cast Anson Mount as Christopher Pike, oh, Timothy Olyphant could have been Christopher Pike. That's that's pretty cool. Easily like it, like it, dude. Awesome pick. I love. Oh, he's so good in Santa Clarita Diet. Like I just said, it's awesome. Okay, I'm at my last pick, and I'm, this is a big one for me, dude. Big one. Oh my god! I don't know yes. how you got to go last, but here we are. I, I, I don't know either. But <laughs> my opinion, best television show ever, and I think you have said that you think it is as well. Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Wow! I he is the lead in my all-time favorite television series, and his character is so layered and so sinister and so calculating, and Cranston does a. 10 out of 10 in just about every scene he's in for that entire series of Breaking Bad. He would be the top of the list for me and who I'd like to see. And I would want him to, to play an antagonist. I Because we've seen, we've seen him try to look like the hero, but he always was doing it because it made him feel powerful uh, as Walter White and what he was doing. Um, the, only, the only thing that has to happen for him to be in Star Trek, he has to be an Andorian. Because, you know, blue. <laughs> Got to happen. That's an interesting pick. I, and I get the blue thing. All right. I, that's cute. Um, that's weird. I, I never would have thought of Cranston for Star Trek, even though at one point 
he was rumored to be a part of one of the movies. And we talked about the rumor on Trek geeks ages ago. Yeah. Um, and, and back then I really wasn't sold on it. Although I'm like, all right, I'd, I'd love to see it, but okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'll, it'd be pretty cool. I'll be honest right now. I'm in the, I'm literally in the middle right now of my fifth rewatch of breaking bad. Oh yes. And, and I, and even though we're, we just made our list recently, I watched the episode The Fly a couple of weeks before I went to Disney. Oh. And and you've talked about it recently. I think you actually talked about it today. today. That episode shows how how ridiculous isn't the right word, but how amazing the character of Walter White is. I mean, he will stop at nothing to get what he what he wants and this fly drives him crazy for that episode and I'm like, okay, I could see him as an antagonist being exactly the same way, having every detail laid out of how he is going to cause trouble for the crew of whatever starship that he's up against. I just think he would be brilliant. Brilliant in a role in Star Trek. Well, I agree with you and I would cite the fly also and and I would say that that episode really kind of shows how Walter White has eroded and is pretty much gone because yeah. Heisenberg has killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, you have to. It's just it's it's that simple. It's the closest thing to a perfect series you'll ever yep. see. Absolutely. Um, but it, it really says a lot about his his motivations and his uh, obsession with perfection at that point because of what it means in the end. Right. So no, I, I think that that's an, an amazing, amazing pick dude. Um, that, that's a great one to save for last. That's, that's <laughs> right up there with Timothy Olfen. I'm going to say Absolutely. My pick's pretty awesome. Okay. So here's the ultimate. Okay. Everybody we just talked about being in the same season. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Let's talk about a budget buster. I was going to say that would be a heavy payroll. <laughs> you and I do it for free, but uh, that'd be a heavy payroll. I think. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> great list man i really liked your picks they were fantastic well buddy you know what else is fantastic and awesome that is the music of the band five-year mission we say it every episode and we mean it every episode they are every last bit of music you hear on the trek geeks podcast uh, they have their own podcast here on our network and it is nothing short of awesome and hilarious just like they are so we want everyone out to head out to fiveyearmission.net get all their cds Put them in the cart. Get them shipped to your house because CDs are not dangerous. Wow. And we guarantee you're going to become a huge fan of five-year mission just like we are. So that's fiveyearmission.net. Get all those discs. Yo. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, You make me happy. You know what's not happy? And you know what makes me scared? I knew that was coming. The Cloud Vampire. Oh, boy. I still get chills thinking about it, man. Uh, But I got to say, my fear was nothing compared to the drummer that was obsessed with hunting it down and destroying it. He had to. It killed his former band manager. And now that manager's son is in danger from it as well. Oh my God, so many things going on. But even a gaseous cloud is no match for a little antimatter in a jug. It's always good to see that. Um, Always. Always. It's obsession. The story of the death of a band manager and the struggles of a security ensign from the same family. And that family is the house of Garofark. What? I thought I was going to dodge a bullet and you were maybe going to not do Garofarkism. That's funny. Um, But I, that one was so bad. It makes me wish that that had been the case that you hadn't actually (laughs) done one. Like you'd forgotten because at your age, that's a real possibility. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I had Fark gotten 
Ah, there you go. Is that better? Any better? Anything? Wait, buddy. Hello. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> FiveYearMission.net. Go get all their discs. Don't forget, you too can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of special exclusive perks, none of which have Dan Davidson's face on them. Which is probably a good thing because we have shirts from our local friends at Mint Printworks. We got Patreon pins from our friends at Fansets. Bill, you and I have been working for a while on some new perks. And I'm going to say right now that we are this close to getting them. And I'm going to tell you a couple of them. We're looking at the possibility of having hats. We're talking at the possibility of having golf shirts available for some of our Patreon levels. So there's new stuff coming. It's going to be awesome. And as soon as they're available, you're going to be able to see them all over on Patreon. Uh, But right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers of Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support. And they are Vikram Bhatt. Luke Burnham, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escudero, Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Samuel Slade, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. Oh, get in the chopper. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Yeah, you get the hell out of here. I'm (laughs) going to talk about our Trek Geeks producers, and we are so incredibly grateful for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Leonel Marchand, Rick Mason, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Trek Geeks is the frequently fantastic Jude Tatman. Fantastic, Jude. Uh, You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details and perk levels. All of them. Dan, next week, we're going to be doing something we've never done here on Trek Geeks, and I'm pretty damned excited about it. That's amazing. 259 episodes, and we have never done this. That's pretty awesome. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Picard Season 1 was a huge success, and we are so excited that Season 2 is currently being filmed out on the West Coast. And Season 1 had some amazing moments. So we're going to do a first here on Trek Geeks. We're going to do a deep dive into a Star Trek Picard episode. And, buddy, I think we have uh, selected quite possibly the best one of the season. Picard seeks help from two of his closest friends, and it's a reunion unlike any other with Troy and Riker. It's Nepenthe, and it's next week. On Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. I am so looking forward to this. Such an emotional episode and and just it's going to be a fantastic discussion. I can't wait. Of course, for even more Star Trek discussion, please check out the other member podcasts on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to Discovering Trek, Rewind, Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, and the Divine Treasury. We are so psyched to bring you the sci-fi sisters as the latest edition of the trek geeks podcast network they are awesome you are going to love this show and we hope you'll check out their podcast dropping fortnightly on fridays you can find every single one of our podcasts including where to listen by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen the trek geeks podcast network no one talks trek like we do no one and of course for all the news on all the star trek show please visit our great friends at trek news Net. For now, this has been episode number 259 of the Trek Geeks podcast. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, sorry, 259-er of the <laughs> Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. I wish for coconut. 
like the USS Coconut, Captain Coconut, Coconut Warp Speed. I wish for that chip to explode. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Bing bong, Gabna. Big bong? It's in the big bong. It's going to be good, buddy. I have no idea what you just said. I don't either. So I have to tell you, um, we were a little delayed in starting our recording today because I had lawn mowing going on outside my condo. <laughs> and you've seen the patch of grass in front of my condo. I mean, it's smaller <laughs> than your average office cubicle. Would you yes, say that's true? I would agree with that. Yes. They were mowing that thing out there for like a half an hour. Like it was the fairway on 18 at TPC sawgrass. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's, and it must've been pretty loud. I had lawnmower here yesterday, but you had said that you couldn't hear it, which is good. Cause I'm up on the second floor, but yeah. I, it was probably like a jet engine uh, at your house there. Cause you're right near the door. Oh my God. It was unreal. It's like, guys, really? The lawn isn't that big. I know. Really? It really isn't. I mean, if it's three by five, it's that's being generous. <laughs> that's funny. You, they, they mowed it like it was, you know, uh, it was Fenway park for God's sake. <laughs> Did they put like a little design in there? Like of a glove? There's not enough room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's okay. That's all right that we were delayed. That's all right. I get to get some work done. Yeah. Hey, well, that's, it's first for everything, right? I know. Hey, you said it. Your words, not mine. All right. So I, I know I've said it on Twitter and everything, but I want to talk about it here because I'm just very, very excited. You know my love for the Marvel Universe. I do. You know my love for Thanos. I don't know why I love the villains so much. I like Voldemort and Harry Potter. I got a Voldemort wand from Harry Potter. The one that looks you like do? A, oh, yeah. I got that one. I went to Universal a few years ago. They had the wands all available to purchase. And I'm like, that one. And it's his. <laughs> and I even hold it like him. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. anyway. Um, <clears throat> so Thanos, I love Thanos. And I love the Infinity Gauntlet. And you sent me a picture a couple of weeks ago that Lego was releasing an Infinity Gauntlet. And I was flipping out. I was so excited. Wasn't it my bride who sent it? It was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, it was. It, I'm sorry. My apologies. It absolutely was. Kelly sent it. But I, I I, then sent something to you saying how excited I was. So you're absolutely right. Um, so I've been watching and I've been waiting for the release. The release date was rumored to be June 1st, I think, which is just right around the corner. Well, yes, uh, yesterday or the day before, my sister sent me an email saying, I just got this in mail and wanted to make sure you saw it. And it was a Shop Disney email that had releases for new Lego sets. And one of them was the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> so, of course, I'm not going to get it from Shop Disney if I can get it from Amazon and get it Prime. So I went to Prime. It's available for pre-order on Prime. I pre-ordered my gauntlet. 
it's the release date has actually been moved out to August 1st, but I'll be having me an Infinity Gauntlet in the house, yo. A couple of them at this point. I know, I'm so excited. And I said, so I said, this is awesome, honey. Look at this. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, honey, it's great. It's like a <laughs> foot long. It's a foot high. It's going to be great. It's going to go great on the mantle in the living room. And she just looked at me and goes, no, it isn't. and i was telling donna that i ordered it when we were uh uh uh, we had a get together the other day and um she's like it's never coming out of that podcast studio room i'm telling you that right now i'm like okay (laughs) it won't (laughs) (laughs) unless you take it out on the back deck to take pictures of it and then it's got to go back to where it came and you can even pause it or pause it you can pose it you can have it in the regular you know it's just like this but you can also put it in the snap Snap! Oh, oh, that's cool. That, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. I wonder if they'll come out with the uh, the Iron Man version. I hope they do because I'll get that too. Now, this actually is breaking a record for Lego in the most gold pieces ever found on one particular project. Oh, so that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool too. So I can't wait. I just wish that the the jewels lit up, but they don't. Yeah. Well, you know what? There are plenty of aftermarket light kits that True. you can get because I have one for my Lego Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Kelly got me for Christmas along with the Vegas set and it's, it's intricate and it's cool, but it might be well worth investigating. I might actually do that because I would love to have those, uh, infinity stones light up and then I can just snap you right out of existence. <laughs> no, that means you're going to have to do a whole lot more work editing, whatever podcast. I will snap for. somebody else out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get my hands on Lego R2D2. I know. I tried. As a matter of fact, uh, we talked when I was in Disney and I was going to be in Disney Springs. I was going to check for you. And the line, first of all, at the Lego store was ridiculous because, of course, they still had social distancing and so many people. So the line was long. But I checked like three or four times when I was down there and it was never in stock. It was in stock one day that you told me. But in a half an hour, it was gone. Yeah. And I called right after they sold the last one. Um uh, and they said, well, we wouldn't have been able to hold it for you anyway. I'm like, okay, then why'd you bother telling me that you sold the last one <laughs> to give me hope right. for next time? Huh? Hope. Yes. That's, uh, get it? Yeah. Uh, no, I no, I really don't. <laughs> help me. That was stupid like help you. Help Davidson. You're my only hope. You actually oh, yeah, had my, to <laughs> If you're my only hope, I am just done. Screwed. Screwed. <laughs> so tonight, mm. you and I reunite for the first time in 14 months uh, we've seen each yeah. other here and there for like maybe a minute or two at mm-hmm. a distance yep yep um but you and i are actually gonna grab some some dinner tonight and we haven't been in the same room for any given like the time in in almost a year and a quarter it's unbelievable and I'm very excited. I can't wait for it. I'm I can't wait either. To it. We're going to have some good steak and uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, it's going to be fun to, uh, to, to shake. Well, will we shake hands? Are we shaking hands anymore? Does that even happen? I uh, will fist bump. I think you and I have never shaken hands. No, we hug. We're huggers. We hug. We yeah. hug. All right. So I'll hug. Uh-huh. Just try not to get clingy this time. I'm sorry. It's just, I can't help it. You linger a little too long. No, and I, when I start wrapping my legs around your waist, that's a problem. <laughs> Especially for me, because um, <laughs> I don't have great balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's it's long overdue, and it's going to be fun. And then we're doing something fun afterwards, too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have uh, photos of that. For social media. Absolutely. And uh, and also we can, when we're getting together in person for the first time, we can talk about what we're going to talk about when we record together for the first time in the coming weeks, because that's going to be pretty awesome in itself. 
Yeah, maybe we'll pick a slightly different topic than some of the ones we have planned out just to yeah. to make it a little more conducive to sitting on your back deck and drinking. I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. We can talk about all the different colored alcohol in Star Trek. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that. Because <laughs> all anyone ever cares about is, is it green? Is it green? Right, yes. Rightfully so. All right. I want to do that one that like uh, Guinan makes. And, and when she puts in that last bit it and clinks it, it like whoo, changes colors. Was that the um, festival? S- no, Samar- is, no. Is that the Sumerian sunset? Yeah, it, it might. Yeah, it might have been. Yep. Yeah, it could have been. I might have that name wrong. Please don't at me, everybody. Nah, I'm gonna at your face. God, why do I do this with you? <laughs> I can go get steak with anybody. Why am I getting it with you? Oh, uh, because you want me to embarrass you in front of lots of people. I must. I must. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. All right, there, uh, Sassafras. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get it over with. All right. All right there, Punky Brewster. All right there. What? (laughs) Coconut!